Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now, just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. Told a story about how a blowjob sent my ex-boyfriend to the hospital. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. You should tell part of that story right now. Yeah. When you do watch porn, it's generally like they edit out. Like you don't see the woman coming very often. Yeah. Like when, how often do you see that? I've gone through my mom's death on this show. Oh, I've gone through yeah. breakups and... You know, and it's weird. It's like, it's like you say, there's things like you feel like, what do I keep in reserve for myself? Right. And then there's also this part that you feel like I'm keeping something from my listeners. A trans woman would be hot. That a lot about that turns me on. And mm-hmm. and if there was another guy involved, even better. I personally think that I should peg somebody before they're, I want to put it in your ass before you put it in my ass. Okay. It's just kind of how I feel. There we go. There you go. <laughs> Rachel's rules. So. Hey everyone. Well, I'm super excited. Welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. This is Layla. Today I have a fellow podcaster on and she has a similar genre as myself. She is the host of Wine, Dine, and 69. Her name is Rachel. Uh, Rachel, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. Listen to your podcast. Love it. (laughs) Oh, good. I'm glad you like it. I'm super excited to have you. First of all, you know what? Before I even get into the questions, I looked at your questionnaire and I want to say we're both Buffy fans. (gasps) Oh, good. Oh, good. Did you know? No, I didn't. When I saw that, I'm like, okay, a kindred spirit. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's the best television show, even though it's been off the air. The, like that, the campy decades. humor that Joss Whedon is the best. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not personally, but like in terms of the stuff that he turns out. Yeah, no, it's it's really great. I like all of his stuff. I mean, just everything's the, yeah, good. I mean, that the, the yeah. So we're talking about, of course, just in case anybody's like, what are they talking about? We're talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh, because I love vampire stuff. I, mm-hmm. I you love vampire stuff. Yeah, I mean, I love. Yeah, totally. That, like underworld and just and any kind of a strong heroine and oh yep. my gosh I used to sit that and we you know and watch that with our friends we would have like Buffy night and just do that watch the show when it was actually aired <sighs> if that's that's dating, my dream dating myself there I but, didn't start I, watching it until like I it was off the air mm-hmm. I like watched it on like the DVD sets when I was like in high school yeah yeah, yeah. it was wild <laughs> I and then sometimes I'll just sit and binge it on Netflix like rewatch mm-hmm. it from, I'll just go through it. I've probably gone through it completely, maybe two or three times. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And this time of year, I always want to watch the Amends episode in season three because okay, of the me. snow and the magic. Wait, what happens in Amends? It's it's Amends is the one where it's the first time that you meet the first evil in season three and the first comes to town and it tries to get Angel to kill himself. And then at the end, uh, it snows and... The sun doesn't come out because of the storm. And so Buffy and Angel get to spend Christmas together during the day. 
Yes, yes. It's a beautiful episode. See, I can still remember the first time I saw it when he turned evil after they had sex. (gasps) And I was like, no, I've been waiting so long for them to be together. It broke my heart. Broke my heart. Yep. Anyway. No, totally. Okay. All right. People are like, what are they talking about? All right. Oh, I can well, go on and on. <laughs> I know. Like, literally, we could have just done this whole thing. I should have just asked you Buffy questions. But anyway, all right. So, <laughs> can you just tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? Just get them familiar with who you are, a little bit about your backstory. Yeah, sure. I am from Michigan originally. That's actually where I'm recording this from now, my parents' house. But I've been living in Philly for the past seven, eight years, something like that. And I'm in my early 30s and uh, love podcasts, love talking about sex, even though I might not be the most adventurous person in the world. But I, I found very early on that there weren't a lot of people who were willing to talk about it openly. And I became the person that a lot of people felt comfortable coming to, to talk about it openly, even though I hadn't had it yet. You know, there was people who, you know, wanted to talk to me about whatever the issue was or how to communicate with their partner. And yeah, I just kind of ended up when deciding what podcast to do, I kind of decided that this was the best fit. You know, I was part of a a uh, like girls group on Facebook about like women empowerment and everything. And I told a story about how a blowjob sent my ex-boyfriend to the hospital. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. You should tell part of that story right now. <gasps> yeah, yeah. No, I, I just, I actually just recorded, I'm very scared of TikTok, but I recorded my first TikTok with this story. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, I I must have been like just out of college and I was long distance with my boyfriend at the time. And so I drove down to see him on weekends. He was living with his brother at the time. And when we got there, we decided to, you know, get in the shower and it had been a couple of weeks since we had seen each other. So I was going down on him and all of a sudden he like started falling against the shower wall. Uh Uh-oh. And I, I was like, are you, are you okay? Like, what's going on? And he said, well, like I have a really a sudden headache just like came over me. And I was like, Ooh. do you want me to f- finish? Do you want like, it's yeah. like, no. So he, we went back upstairs and he had to lay down in a dark room. And uh, My- then, yeah, I feel like a migraine, a crazy a migraine. migraine. I was and then it's a migraine. Yeah. Oh gosh. Those yep. are, I've had those. Wor- they're the worst. Yeah. The worst. And then after about like 20 minutes of this, he was like, we need to go to the hospital. Whoa. And so... I had to drive. I had never driven a stick shift before. (laughs) So I had to drive his stick shift car to the hospital. I stalled it out. He was very irritated and also in pain. And when we got there, it took them a really long time to ask, you know, what were you doing at the time that this came on? And he was like, well, you know, I was having sex. They were like, oh, so there's this thing called coital cephalgia, which is a sex headache, which is something, it's something happens to like the vessels in the brain. I'm not a doctor, no kidding. but uh, it causes a massive headache. And he actually had to have a spinal tap to make sure that blood didn't go into his spinal column. Oh my God. Yeah. That's a great I know. story. I mean, I know. for him, but well, like, then, what a great story. You, know. you knew and when then this was very, done, you're like, oh, this is one for the books. Like, yep. I was like, if I do stand up, I got this one. Well, the best part slash the worst part was, you know, at the very end after we were about to be discharged, I said to him, you know, I guess I really blew your mind, huh? (laughs) And he did not think that was very funny. He did. Uh, He did not. I think I talked to him a couple of years after the fact and he was like, yeah, okay, that was funny. I just couldn't appreciate in the moment. But But yeah, I can understand. But yeah. So what? So that's kind of the origin story. (laughs) All right. But 
Is, so is that what triggered you into podcasting and picking this subject matter? That Yeah. Yeah. So I was part of this girls group, this women's empowerment group. And I told a story about it. And I told the story and people were like, whoa, like we want to know where your blowjob tips are if you're yeah. sending somebody to the hospital. Right. And let's be honest, it was probably more of a him thing than it was a me thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, you never know. But, don't tell yourself short. We don't know. You, you never know. So I jumped on a Facebook Live and just started talking to these different women around the world about sex stuff, about technique stuff that I had learned. I pulled out my like chest of toys and pulled it out. People wanted to know brands. And then after that, like it it just kind of blew up and people started messaging me, wanting advice about things. This person who is one of my closest friends to this day, she lives in Africa and she started messaging me after that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just all these connections kind of happened and I realized, oh, there's a lot of people in the world don't have a safe place to talk about this. Yeah. So that's kind of when it came down to, I want to start a podcast. It kind of was like, all right, I've always kind of been this person. There you go. And you birthed it. And so why is sexuality important to you? And what's your goal for Wine Dine in 69? Yeah. I think sexuality is so important to me because I dealt with shame a lot early in my life. I started masturbating at a very young age (laughs) and I did it in public. And, you know, so my parents had to teach me, this is something that you do at home. It's not something that you do. So I kind of dealt with a, a fair amount of shame. And then as I got older to rebel against that shame, I kind of just started talking about it incessantly. Mm-hmm. And so I guess the goal is to create a space where people who feel like they can't talk about it are able to set aside these ideas in the world about what's right, what's proper, what their family or religion expects of them. And they can talk about like what they want and what that what they feel. Because I think that that's something that I myself am still learning to do as well, to, to be more in the body instead of the mind. Yeah. So yeah. I'm learning too. And that's what's so cool about it is I learn with everybody that I talk to as well. And how did you, I'm just curious, like how did, I always wonder how people choose their podcast name. So how did you choose the name Dine <laughs> and 69? I actually can't, can't take credit for that. I originally had a co-host for the first about six months of the podcast. I noticed that. I was going to ask yes. about that. Yep. Yes. Um, she's she's wonderful. She just is a full-time therapist and didn't have the time to continue. So the show kind of changed from more of a discussion podcast to an interview style podcast. But uh, it was Anna's uh, name. So I, I do have to give her the credit there. But it yeah. is a quote from The Office, I believe, also. Okay. Okay. And what happened to Anna? We did the first like six six months together. And then Around this time last year, actually, COVID was like running rampant and Mm -hmm. she had a crazy schedule with her clients and it just came down to, you know what, like I have to spend my time effectively and right now making money, you know, the podcast isn't making money. So yeah, um, so uh, she knows she had to go that way. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't really realize that, that we're just sort of talking for free. I mean, you know, it takes a long time. It's taken me, just to to be honest, like it's really taken me six years to get to where I'm at with the downloads and and then sponsors wanting to talk to me. And it doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's really, it's really kind of, I mean, it's been a labor of love. You know, it's just something that you really want to do and you feel like you have to put something out there in the world and whoever listens, listens. Still to this day kind of always shocks me. Like when I see my downloads, like, Who are these people? And like, that's I great. I, and I can't believe that they're listening to me yeah. talk about this stuff, like that they find it so interesting. It, it always tickles me, like just a really humbling way and excited way. Like, oh, no kidding. Like 
50,000 people, 57,000 yeah. people this month downloaded the Curious Girl Diaries. You know, like, <laughs> you know, when I cross like the half a million mark, I'm like, what? Like, really? Who? Yeah. I would sit there and just think like, seriously, like, who are these people? Like, where are they? It's so exciting. Yeah. It's so it's, exciting. It's keep, you know, so I guess just keep at it because it does, it will, the momentum builds and it's just fun. Yeah. And like, if, as long as you enjoy it, it's not, I guess if, if it's something you want to monetize at some point that will come, but. Uh, exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, I also have an acting background. I went to school for musical theater. And so I'm used to working really hard with very little payoff. There you go. Yeah. Yep. So yep. my my ex, not the not the sex headache ex, but my most recent ex. It's the first time I've called him that actually. Recent breakup. But he, you know, I did the podcast for a year and he was like, well, you know, if it's not bringing in money, like, is it really worth your time? And I was like, oh, you don't know how this works. Like it, it's going to take like a really long time but, for any money to come in from this. Right. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, organic growth takes a long time. Yep. <laughs> but it's worth it. It's. I can just say that it's worth it. And I hope, you know, you stay. I listened to, because I listened to several of your episodes and, you know, I really enjoyed them. And I'm going to, we're going to get oh, to awesome. that. I'm going to, I'm going to get cool. into some of those. I'm going to get into some of those. Okay. <laughs> here's my kind of, one of my first questions. So I saw an episode where you're covering, or you mentioned about women faking orgasms. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to, I wanted to kind of just tell me a little bit more about that episode, what you covered. And I'm also, it's like, I'm always so curious, like, why do you think women fake orgasms? And, you know, at this point, do you feel women have a real handle on their own just sexual identities? That's a great question. I don't even remember which episode that was, but I do remember talking about it. I think the way that we live in a penis-centric society, a male-centric society. Right. Like we live in a society that's very focused on male pleasure. And I think that women are frequently taught as young girls and men are taught this too, that, you know, you're kind of sold this sitcom idea that sex is something that the woman says that she has a headache and, you know, you just do it for the guy, but you really can't get sexual pleasure from it. So I think that from a very young age, we're kind of sold this idea that we are supposed to be a vessel, literally, for mm-hmm. men's pleasure. And so I think that that can kind of lead to this faking sometimes. you And sometimes it's just like you're not having a good time and you want it to be over and you know that the best way to get it over with is like yeah. to fake it. Like uh-huh. I've been there. I've been yeah. there. <laughs> so I, I'd say it's like one of those two things. Either you want to get it over with or you are in this position where you feel like to please the partner you have to come. And the fact of the matter is only like, I think 25 or 30% of women come from penetration. Like it's not yeah, a common it's thing. A, it, right. It's a, it's a low number mm-hmm. by comparison so. to, you know, having a clitoral orgasm. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, that's why I think it's so funny when there's so much fixation on, you know, penetration. So I don't know. I think... I used to be somebody who faked. And in my last relationship, you know, we had a a pretty healthy sexual relationship. And we, you know, just talked very early on about the fact that like, look, like it's not going to happen every time for both of us. Sometimes it might not happen for him. Sometimes it might not happen for me. But that doesn't take away from the fact that it's a fun, connective experience. And I think that's the mindset that we kind of need to shift to. There doesn't need to be a finish line. There doesn't need to be an end goal of an orgasm. It's about having fun and connecting. And I forget that sometimes too. Yeah, I agree. I mean, definitely. I will say this though, as I've gotten older, I mean, my my sexual awareness and my orgasms 
just because I'm more connected to what's going on in my own body have gotten so much better. So that's the fun part is that it gets better. It gets better and you get better at it and more connected. And then you help your partner be more connected to what you like. And you're less, I guess, caught up in any sort of societal bullshit about how you should be coming or how you shouldn't be coming and and any of that. And you're also not affected by, you know, I feel like what I've heard is a lot of guys are affected by porn. You know, they grew up with porn and I don't know that I've like had a problem with guys because they watched porn or they grew up with it. But there's, I think there are, you know, when you do watch porn, it's generally like they edit out, like you don't see the woman coming very often. Yeah. Like when, how often do you see that? And so for young men, young boys that start watching this stuff because it's so readily available, they may just think like it's about pound, pound, pound. And then I come and she's just throwing her head Because that's how it's written. And enjoying it the mm-hmm. whole time. They don't realize this is a staged acted scene Yep. These, you know, these women are, perf- and the man, that both these people are performers and to actually give them credit, they're like, this is a performance, you know, they're really, they are working hard at this and they're, they're acting and not yep. to say that it's probably, they probably don't experience some pleasure from it too, but they're really, uh, it's about them getting that scene and just getting it done and whatever that takes. So, but it's interesting because I have, you know, I just definitely, one of the things I have noticed is most porn does not really focus on, oh, my dog just came in here, focus on <laughs> female pleasure and it should, you know, and I think there's, and now we have this new wave of what we call like ethical porn, you know, and I feel like, yep, that's, I don't know much about what that actually means, to be honest. You think I'm not going to like saying <laughs> When people say ethical porn, I'm like, what does that mean exactly to you? Like, what does that mean? I guess it could have different meanings. I, it's it's interesting that you bring that up because there's a statistic and I don't, again, I don't know the exact number, but a number of straight identifying women watch lesbian porn and they might not even be lesbian or have any interest in experimenting with that, or they watch um, gay male porn. And it's because it's actually focused on like pleasure and clitoral stimulation and not focused on the pounding. Yeah, yeah. The he- so the heterosexuals, we kind of fuck things up. You know? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Really, Massively. <laughs> right, right. Everyone else is like, listen, let's just talk about how, how we're really getting it done. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been through it personally, just after doing this podcast and everything, and just over the continuum of my life. And that's what I share, you know, on the Curious World Diaries. But I've been through a lot of sexual changes that I've documented, grow, you know, a lot of growth and experimentation. And, you know, my podcast has really helped me to focus on that. And I'm curious, you know, how have you evolved in your sexuality as a woman through your podcast? Yeah, I think the the podcast in a way was a kind of like a a big kind of F you Uh (laughs) to some trauma that I experienced earlier in my life. And so like this way of like, no, you're not going to shut down this pleasurable part of me. It's part of me that feels pleasure. So it was kind of, I mean, part of it had to do with, you know, my boyfriend at the time and just the wonderful amounts of communication that we had surrounding that, but also just talking to experts and sometimes just being like asking for a friend, like, what do you think about this? And getting like, advice for myself, and then being able to go and try that. It's definitely made me realize, I think for me, the biggest thing right now is I'm realizing that I'm so in my own head and that it takes me a really long time to not be in my own head. 
And I'm figuring that, that out. But I'll, we'll get to that. Go yeah. Ahead. Okay. Yeah. I want to hear it. Because like, that's the thing is I'm like, I... I tend to get like hornier when I'm drinking, but like I don't just want to have sex when I'm under the influence, mm-hmm. but that's just kind of when I'm relaxed enough to want to instigate it. Mm-hmm. Or when there's been flirtation or, you know, intellectual foreplay on a date night or something. Yeah. yeah. That's like what can can get me going. So just kind of figuring out like what it is that makes me tick has kind of been a process through through the podcast because I I don't really know what it I was like before. I guess I like talked about sex, but I, I don't know if I wasn't, I wasn't as mindful about it. I talked about it and I had it, but I wasn't as conscious about what was happening up here, you know, when I was engaging in it. So I think that's probably the biggest lesson I've learned. Yeah. So I think one of the things that might really kind of make you present, have you tried any BDSM? I have... Not anything intense, very light bondage or like a blindfold, but nothing with, you know, ropes or anything like that. Well, just I'm not opposed. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, and so I want to point something out really interesting because just when you said, you know, you have a definition, it seems to me, in your mind about what it's about because you said, well, mm-hmm. I've, done it, I've done the bondage and not anything with ropes. But really, BDSM is such a vast, there's a lot under that umbrella. Because it's mental too. It's a, it's the biggest part of it's mental. And mm-hmm. the one thing that I love the most about it is that it demands this really, really great communication and openness and connection with you and your partner. Mm-hmm. And it also makes you extremely present in the moment with what's going on. And it also helps push out any of that bullshit, all the little chatter, the things that are going on in your mind that can distract you that we all think about during sex. Like none of that exists. It's really quite fascinating. So if if you are, you know, up for experimenting, if you can find a really knowledgeable dominant to sort of take you through this, because it's not about the things that you think it's about. It's really not about the, I'm going to spank you. And the the kink is the kink. And there's just, and there's just different ways to apply. It doesn't have to be ropes. It doesn't have to be um, spankings. It doesn't have to be the pictures, the generic stuff you see. Right. Kind of just know that that, you know, like in the, you see in the mainstream, like, you know, some woman bowing and (laughs) it's not, that's just, it's really about what the two of you decide. And if you have a really good dominant, he's really going to help you explore this in a way you're going to get the most benefit out of. And it's about mm-hmm. bringing that experience to you. And right. so, you know, I really, if you're up for it, it might be something that you want to explore moving forward because I find it really, for me, it was just such a life changer. <laughs> in really terms like, of like the staying present. Yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah, it really, and it also, it also helped me figure out, kind of understand more about why certain partners previously in my life didn't fit what I needed. I thought that's what I needed. I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, he checks this box, this box, this box, this box. But come to find out, I was kind of picking the wrong guys. Mm -hmm. And so it it just, it's just been like very, very fascinating. So you're up. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's, Funny too, because you like such a big part of it is communication and the talking bit. And I was just on a message board 
trying to find a very particular subset of porn, which is like instructional porn. Like, and I don't even know... I have such a hard time finding it. It's my favorite thing. Like, but having somebody say, oh, but like in great detail, explain to me how you want me to do the thing. Like that's that's what I want. And it oh. is so hard to find on like regular porn sites. So, mm-hmm. but it is, it is technically BDSM because it is more about the power dynamic. Yeah. And instructions. So right. that is, so I, I guess I have because that is my favorite thing. <laughs> there we go. There we go. You're, you're circling. You're circling. You're, yeah, I you're am. I haven't gone down the drain yet, but, you're but I, I do. I do. Yeah. So do you consider yourself sexually adventurous? I consider, I think I consider myself sexually adventurous in theory, but again, I have to be at a very particular level of arousal to be able to take action on that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I'm such a relationship person too. Like, this is what's interesting is I I think that a lot of people assume that because, you know, I have a sex podcast and I talk about it a lot that I have a lot of experience. The fact of the matter is I've had seven partners. Yeah. You know, I just have really long-term relationships. Yeah. I find that I want to be adventurous in theory. And then when it comes to biting the bullet, it's it, it gets a little bit tougher because I, I really do need to be in like a, a really kind of heady almost high state of arousal to be able to do some of those things that I'm afraid of doing. Yes. Again, the BDSM will really... Because <laughs> <laughs> you'll be aroused as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Not good. Well, I find it's all about like, for me, it's all about the teasing. I mean, I would tell people, I'm like, I want to make out for half an hour. I want to do foreplay for another half hour. And then yeah. the penetration can be like 10 minutes. Yeah. But yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but what if you're just in this constant... What if you're what if you're kept in that excitation phase for a long time? I know. That's the yeah. dream. <laughs> and, then, and then somebody gets you to the point where you're then you're dying to have an orgasm. Right. You've been right. Held there for so long. And then you finally get that release. It's amazing. Yeah, I've experimented with edging like by myself mm-hmm. before, since I was really little, actually, before I knew what it was called. Yeah. But um that's always been something that I've been a fan yeah. of too. So well, when somebody else is doing it to you, that's really turning you on. Oh, it's really, it's like, ooh. It's, okay. It's, yeah, it's very fun. It's very fun to, I mean, I have a love-hate relationship with it. You know, I'm like, oh, because there's this part of me like, yes, it's it's hot. It's so hot. And then there's another part that's like, I just want to come. So just bad. let me. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, because you're not the one in control and you don't, you know. Right, right. To, oh, glorious. Um, okay. So, okay. So as a fellow female podcaster, do you feel you really, do you feel like you really are leaving yourself exposed to your listeners sometimes? And how do you navigate those waters? Yeah, that's a cool question. And um, the d- main difference between you and I, is you and you and me, um, you and I, you and me, I'm an English major, I promise. I'm not anonymous. I I like have my name out there with everything. And so there is there are some things that I might be less comfortable sharing, like just about my life and about like experience of, um, of my past, either to protect people who know me, who might know the people that I'm talking about, or um, protect myself. I've always been somebody who's very open and vulnerable. Despite my best efforts, I cannot seem to shake that quality. <laughs> And so I I don't really have an issue saying most things, you know, I mean, I guess a a good example, you know, would be I waited, I think, three weeks to talk about 
my breakup just because I needed time to process it and be able to talk about it in a in a way. And I, it was weird because I felt like I was keeping something from my listeners and I didn't yeah. really like that feeling. Yeah. So that was kind of my first experience with feeling like I was keeping something, which was interesting. But I also have to realize that like, look, like at the end of the day, it is my life and I don't owe anybody anything technically as much as I am a people yeah. pleaser and may want to give it to them. It, but it's definitely been an interesting experience. I I feel comfortable with like 99.999% of the things that I share. Yeah. So I have a pretty good... The filter is extremely thin, mm-hmm. but I protect the things that I feel yeah. that I need to be protected. Yeah. Mine's about zero. <laughs> I need to get one. And you know what's interesting though? I mean, I have shared some since I've been doing this. I'm going to be starting my sixth season uh, oh, wow. December 19th. Oh, wow. Coming up. Yes. And mm. over the, you know, I mean, over a span that long, you know, shit happens and you go through some stuff. And I've had people that I've been seeing, long-term relationships, casual relationships, all that stuff, you know, and the guys will come on the show. And, and some of those guys, you know, we've shared parts of our relationship. And then, I mean, I've gone through my mom's death on this show. Oh, I've gone through yeah. breakups and, you know, and it's weird. It's like, it's like you say, there's things like you feel like, what do I keep in reserve for myself? Right. And then there's also this part that you feel like I'm keeping something from my listeners and that feels weird because you don't want to be, you know, I you don't want to be f- fake. I mean, I just... Even though I use a pseudonym, I still, and I've remained anonymous, I still want to share everything. I don't, I wouldn't say that I'm hiding behind that informationally. I still want to share all this stuff. And, but it's just, it's interesting. And I kind of wondered, you know, as I was listening to you and I was looking at the things you were talking about, I mean, a lot of the stuff that you, you know, stuff you're covering, I mean, it's, it's kind of like heavy duty ground, you know? I mean, like, you you tackle some big subjects and I thought, how do you feel about that? And do you feel like, you know, sometimes you're just like giving and, you know, it takes a lot to put that out there, put that energy out there. And sometimes it's kind of also at the same time, a little bit exhausting, you know, always putting it out for giving and giving and giving. And yep, that's the story of my life. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> giving and, and giving and giving. Yeah. Um, I think that's a woman, a female plight, you know, a little bit. Yes. No, absolutely. Yes. I'm trying to think of like the best way to even approach that because it's so approachable from all different angles. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com. Dot com and click on be on the show. It, it is a really weird feeling to know that you have an audience and people who are invested in your life in a weird way. They know that you're like a real person and it's not like a TV show, but it is a kind of strange feeling and you want to protect your experiences. I guess for me, part of it has to do with what I'm going through at the time that I'm recording, if that makes sense, and the guest and what the guest can bring out of me. So for example, sometime in the new year, I'm going to air an episode with a guest that I got really vulnerable with. It's an episode about trauma. So yeah. it's it's going to be pretty, pretty intense. Um, she's like a, a trauma therapist, a trauma healer. 
And I got really vulnerable on that one. And I we weren't expecting to. We were both like, how did we get here? Like, this is not yeah. where we started off, right? But sometimes it just depends. It's where does the conversation go? And what does this person's dynamic with me bring out of myself? So I just find that in some conversations, I'm able to give more and I feel okay with it. And in some conversations, I'm giving a little bit less and I'm still okay with it. But it's about it's definitely a balance I'm trying to master, figuring out like at what point do I stop and at what point am is how vulnerable is too vulnerable. Yeah, right. How far do you so, go? I, you know, I listened to that one episode that you had. You talked about abuse. It was a, it was about an abusive relationship and it was a friend of yours. And one of my best just, friends, yeah. Yeah. I was listening to part of that. You know what's so interesting is I heard things in that episode. You know, I was listening to it and I was like, I heard things that triggered my some memories I had of relationships. I had seen somebody that was very... Had I stayed longer, it probably would have escalated and gotten funky. Yeah. And, you know, just very controlling, like didn't like me going out. And even when I... And then if he came out, it was even worse if he came out with me, just watching other guys looking at me. Oh, gosh. And I was at the time when I saw, and there was one time where he got really upset. We were having a disagreement and he punched a hole in the wall. And I was about, you know, again, I'm at this point in my life, I'm like, I think I must've been when I was seeing him probably like 25, 26. And I didn't, honestly, there is, I would say I was ignorance on fire. I was ignorance is bliss. Like, and when I was a lot younger and I still am, but I have this, just this way of, sometimes I find myself in situations, but I always, you know, it's like I get out of it because, you know, I'm quick on my feet or whatever. And I, you know, even at the time, we, he and I didn't work out and it didn't escalate into anything because I really am just so much, so like this, my, my own little energy ball. And we would have definitely like, had a problem had we stayed yeah. together longer than a year. There was the tension was already building and that's what split us apart. But now I look back on that and I was like, oh, you know, like I see. And then just even really when I was listening to your friend, I'm like, some of the things she was saying were triggering memories I was having with this guy. And I'm like, yeah, he was on his way to being abusive. And I really didn't even know it at the time. And it, I get it like how women, you know, you go along and you don't really even know the shit has hit the fan until oh, yeah. well after it has. Yep. You know, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I am in this. And how did I get here? You know, because yep. it's a slow, it's like being pecked to death by, by ducks. You know, they just take a little nibble. <laughs> they don't kill you all at once. It's not this big strike. It's just this little nibble here, little nibble there, little da, 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 da. and over time, then yeah. all of a sudden you're you're like, oh shit, I'm in deep waters, and ha you know, and I didn't I didn't realize how I got here, but that I found I really liked I appreciated that episode, and I thought I think that's really going to do a lot of good for a lot of people to hear because it's just not overt, you know, it's not, it's really yeah, not, it's and not there's. Like, and the guy doesn't walk up. It's like, hey, I'm an abuser. <laughs> no, no, or, or, no, absolutely. Or, I mean, it'd be helpful wanna, if they did. <laughs> and I don't want to like. I, I guess I don't even want to put that put that label. It's just like, hey, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to just lead you down a road that someday you're going to look po poke your head up and go, holy shit, where are we? How did I get here with yep. you? It's always based on like you're trusting this person, and so yeah, that's absolutely. and that's the thing is that nobody's being stupid. It's just that you naturally trust the person that you're with and that you're intimate with and that you're in a relationship with. And so they're 
if they want to take advantage, they have the most, they have the easiest access to you that anybody else ever could. And, and they so, know how you tick too. Right. Yeah. And right. And so they shouldn't be patting themselves on the back for having got you there, got, you know, slowly pushed it there over time. <laughs> right. It's because you just, it's easy to take advantage of people that give you their trust up front. It really is. Yeah. yeah. And so, but I was listening to that. I was like, oh my gosh, I never really thought of this guy in that way. I mean, I did a little bit because some of the time, like my friends, they see me out when they met him and they're like, why are you wearing that? Like, why are you all covered up? Like, I literally would be in like a a sweater set. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no joke. Because he was like, I don't want you wearing that. And I'm like, why? And I never dressed Ugh. inappropriately, but I was just like, well, okay. You know, I thought, well, I don't want to take whatever. It's like, oh, you know, you just make the small concession because you're like, I don't want to make him unhappy. Right, and right. And you don't really think of it until, and then some of my friends are like, you know, Layla, you are just not acting like you're, like, this is not, this is weird. And they could see that I was acting differently and I didn't even really realize it at the time. And it was really just a short stint, but I think we went out for about a year. But yeah, I mean, you do, you will cross paths with some. It's scary. Yeah, my first boyfriend was kind of my, that person for me, uh-huh. very controlling. And yeah. like I was, I was 14. You know, that's really young. And, you know, I do have another guest coming up again in the new year who is another survivor of an abusive relationship. And so uh, yeah. her story is going to be aired as well. And she actually wrote a book about her experience. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I, again, you know, it's like, I don't know where I put myself in that, in that genre, but I know like when I was listening to your friend, some, I heard some things and I was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It wasn't as, you know, it never escalated. Like, you know, he, he didn't physically... Sure. You know, there's, but it's not. It's not just that stuff. Not it's just not. The physical stuff. Yeah. So, I hope that more more women hear that episode because it was a really really great one. Yeah. And to, which I hope you would pass it along to your friend. That, yeah, I definitely will. Um, I think that she's very brave to do that, and I think you both birthed a really good episode together. And I think that it's going to help. It's helping. It's yeah. Putting good stuff out there. Um, I was really proud of her. Yeah. Yeah. No, I could tell. And it was really cool. So give me two of your favorite interviews that you've done on your podcast. And I just want to know, you know, what did you love about them the most? Yeah. So the first one that comes to mind is I'm going to do a little promo for Please Me. Heather is the CEO of Please Me. Please Me is a online kind of like social media site, which is for sex. And there are no rules. I mean, the only rules are like nothing illegal, yeah. but they it's it's so hard to go on the internet. And I have stuff blocked from YouTube and from all of my things all the time just because it links to something that has yeah. an image. It's so I difficult. Know. And so Please Me is, is this platform that is meant to kind of just be a social media space for you to be able to share those things. What I really like about it is you can take a quiz. There's seven different sexual types, sexual worlds, I guess is what they call. And you get put into the world and you can get lingerie or sex toys or like ideas or porn based on what your world is. Oh, so yeah. it kind of like gives you this ability, kind of like a Zodiac sign, gives you this ability to like be categorized yeah. and learn from there. So I just, when I talk, I when I just spoke with her, it was... I just was, I was like, this is the future. This is everything that I want. So that was a really exciting interview for me. And when people ask me about like my favorites, that one definitely pops up at the top of my brain. I'm trying to think of like, there was one recently and I'm trying to remember which one it was that I aired that I was like, oh, do you ever find that you interview people at the exact right time that you talk to them in your life? 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes, I, I know. That's why I hope, you know, it's, so I love that you brought up that point because I hope that my listeners and anybody that hears this gets that takeaway is that obviously after six years of doing this show, a lot of it, I talk about me, but there's only so much I can say about me, me, me all the time. But my goal, you know, has always been, it's a simple, it's just really a simple slogan. It's just making your sex life a priority. And so absolutely, a lot falls under that umbrella. And that is, it's anything and everything. And even my intro, you know, it's like, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between and explicit raunchy fun detail. And that sums it up. And so I want to bring great resources, thought-provoking other podcasts. And I do enough of me and I, it's in there. It's all, of course, I, you know, it's in there. It's a lot devoted just to me, but also having people on that, you know, can help my listeners. You'll say something or something in an episode that you have is going to click with somebody differently and they're going to hear it, Absolutely. you know, whatever the message they need to hear. And the same thing for me and you probably as a conduit, like we get the same benefit too. It's the first. Yeah, time I have. Meeting. I've had so many realizations on the air. Yeah. <laughs> huh? I've had so many realizations like on the air, and I'm just like, I just figured that this thing about myself. Poof! Oh, imagine that. <laughs> like I said, just, just through the conversation, just listening to one of your interviews, I was like, holy shit! Wow! Yeah. Ding, ding, ding! Lots of realizations. I'm like, holy cow! You know, I mean, I always thought of him a certain way, and thank God, I just. <laughs> I'll say this. Thank God for my parents because they probably should have beaten me, but they never did. (laughs) I had so much confidence. Like I really just felt like I could do anything, be anything, say anything. And the world was my oyster and not in a self-serving kind of a way, just that like I had all this confidence. And so when I was up against somebody like this that was taking me down a road I didn't want to be going down. I was young I was young enough and dumb enough to not actually know where that was going, but I also knew this isn't right for me and I didn't have a problem getting saying, "Nope, not right for me." Boop-a-doo, you know, moving along and then you look back and you go, "I have dodged so many bullets." Yeah. <laughs> you know, like really, like thank goodness. But um yeah, it's crazy how mixture of you and just like life happening in certain ways that gets you to where you need to be. I'm I'm in the middle of like a weird spot in my life right now. And I just keep being like, all right, you know what? Like it's their lessons and this is all unfolding for some greater purpose. I have to believe that. (laughs) Just push forward, just push forward. (laughs) And you don't always have to have the answer. So my thing has been always my, one of my mottos is like, I don't always have the answers, but I know I'll figure it out. And again, that really strong sense of self and just being able to move it constantly, keep moving forward helps me because you don't know why this is happening, what the point is, but just keep moving forward and you will figure it out and you'll be all right. You know, just... Yeah, that's the definition of faith. It's faith in oneself. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sorry. So did I, I don't think I might've cut you off there. Did you, I got, did we get to two, two of your Oh, I guess the, another one that I just aired recently actually was um, Dr. Stacy. We discussed a lot of different things about sex, mostly kind of like you and I start off talking about like how to be confident and present yeah. during sex. And um, so that was a episode where the entire time I was just like, just going to take a note here, going to take a note there. Mm-hmm. That was a really cool conversation. Another sex coach, 
Ainsley Brooke was another really cool person that I got to talk to. And that was another aha moment for me where I kind of, you know, I've been trying to figure out what I want to do career wise. And after talking to her, like everything just kind of, I figured it out right after that conversation based on talking with her. So uh, personally, that one was just a really big turning point episode for me. Yeah. I think, yeah, you cross paths with the right people and they're going to, they'll push you forward or, exactly. you know, or push you a different direction. And it's the same thing I consider, you know, I, I really feel like it's the same thing with partners, sexual partners and, you know, romantic partners. And like, we're all just, you can take, you can always find something like this valuable lesson in the experience and take something out of it. And it ends up serving you absolutely well, multiple times. To- like that experience will compound on itself as you move forward, like, oh yeah, I learned that or I don't need to be repeating that, you know, because I learned that one once, you know, like- The alarm bells go off and you're like, I've been here before. Yeah. I need to do it differently this time. Yeah, it's all just, it's really, to me, it's all good stuff, even though sometimes it can be painful, it can be sad, it can be, you know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff we go through that we just don't like, it's not not all butterflies and rainbows, (laughs) but- I'm reading Man's Search for Meaning right now. By Viktor Frankl. Yeah. <laughs> and it, that's kind of, I'm having a lot of like big moments uh, where I'm just kind of being like, aha, aha, aha. And yeah. it's, it's that same thing of it's all about the experiences. It's not all going to be butterflies and Unicorns. rainbows. It's going to <laughs> no. be some shit that you have it's to dig be some through. Shit, yeah. That's good fertilizer. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Lotus so, flowers are built out, are grown in mud. That's right. Do you have a sex bucket list? I do. And what's I on do. it? I can't believe I'm in I'm in my parents' house right now. Um <laughs> I really would like to try pegging. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I would really uh, like to try a man pegging. or a woman. A um, man. Okay. Yeah. I just love the power dynamic yeah. that is kind of happening there. Yeah. I would also love to have a and again, I'm not I'm still not sure if this is just an idea that I like in theory and if I would want to bring it into practice or not, but I would love to do a um threesome with a guy and a trans woman. But of course, I don't want to fetishize somebody. Yeah. For who they are either. So that that's kind of a tough one that I know I would be interested in it, but the last thing that I want to do is make somebody feel comfortable. So, and why do you, if the opportunity presented itself naturally, do you think it, so why do you think it, are you saying the trans woman would feel uncomfortable? I'm wondering, I mean, I, I, I'm wondering just because a lot of the trans women that I know or, you know, have come across, they're a woman. And so they want to be penetrated. You know, they don't want to penetrate. And so the idea of having sex with a trans woman, I, I just worry that by asking somebody to penetrate me when that's not, but maybe, I mean, I'm sure there are trans women out there who do want to penetrate. So just got to maybe find one of those. (laughs) Yeah. I think, and I don't, I wouldn't say I have a lot of experience in this either, but I think that the trans community, again, it's very, it's hard to paint it with like narrow strokes. It's really- No one's a monolith. Yeah. I mean, there's so much, like some of the women are, you know, it's a trans woman, but she's now like, she still likes women. And then, and then there's sure. trans women that they're bisexual and there's trans women that only like men, and you know? And so yeah. it's just like, it's just like a, every single person with their preference. And so I don't think that, you know, you'd be fetishizing or you'd have to worry about that because I think that you'll, what you will find is the right person that matches up with what you're looking for. And same thing, like there's, 
you're not fetishizing men because you want to peg one. You know what I mean? Sure. Some of them don't want to be pegged. <laughs> they will tell you like, nope, that's not for me. And they're not going to be offended. <laughs> you're like, how dare you think I would want to be offended? You know, <laughs> some of them do and some of them don't. You know? It's true. So, yeah. It's just, there's just, there's so much out there and there's, there's a lot of fluidity. So I guess the only, I, you know, the only thing I would add to that is just, you know, go for it. Be open-minded and explore because that's a, I mean, I have the same thing. Like I would really like to, I think a trans woman would be hot. That a lot about that turns me on. And, Mm -hmm. and if there was another guy involved, even better, you know, like, yeah, totally. You You just gave me a great idea. Like Mm -hmm. my, my (laughs) my first trans woman thing was like, oh, me and a trans woman. I'm like, Hey, now we could add more to that. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. And why not? I mean, there's there's just so much to so many different ways to skin a cat. You know, you may as well just try it all. And what I found too, just from my own being open to experimenting, is one door opens and it may not be the right thing, but it pushes you in a different direction and then 10 more open. And that's really the fun part. That's yeah, that's the fun part. Yeah. So, okay, so you have trans a trans woman. What else is on your bucket list? <sighs> I'm curious about anal. I don't know if I actually want to do it, but I feel like I should, if that makes sense. You've never done anal? I haven't, no. I mean, I've, I've done like, um, like toys <laughs> or fingers, you know, uh-huh. but yeah, I've never, I've never done. Because I personally think that I should peg somebody before they're... I want to put it in your ass before you put it in my ass. Okay. It's just kind of how I feel. <laughs> there we go. There you go. Rachel's rules. So, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like... That's the thing. If, if I... Because I just... I, it sounds so stupid, but like, I would just like to think that if a guy's had anal before and he's had it with, you know, someone who has had it a lot, he might not know the best way to go slow for somebody's first time. Yeah. So it's like, well, if you experience it yourself then like maybe you'll learn how to be gentle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, see, now I never thought of it that way. I love that. That's a yeah, really like, interesting perspective. Yeah. I don't know. I just kind of am like, look, like if I'm going to do it for the first time, then like I, I know that I can be gentle, but I have less faith that somebody who has done it before many times with other people is going to know how to take someone's, you know, anal virginity. And so I just kind of want to, I feel like I could teach them. Yeah. And then hopefully they would be, is that weird? I feel like that's like a weird like mentality, no, but I don't, I, I, you know what? What two consenting adults? There's nothing weird between what two consenting adults, True. three consenting adults, or what four consenting adults? What what consenting adults agree upon? There's it's not weird. I just think my mentality about it is just kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> like, no, well, you I go like first. Perspective. I like. <laughs> I see where your mind's going with that. I'm like, that's a good point. Like, hmm, I never can. You know what? I never thought of it that way. I have pegged a guy, not pegged, well, I'm sorry. I have gone past the pegging. I have pegged a guy with a dildo. I wasn't mm-hmm. dropped into me, but I've also fisted mm-hmm. a guy. Oh my God, wow. <laughs> yeah, that was his thing. He wanted to do it. All and, right. Yeah, and I mean, he asked me. <laughs> Unbelievable. Interesting. I, the His reaction to it, like talk about the power I mean, you have your whole fist in there. But not only that, just to watch. And I wasn't even touching his penis. I mean, just to see his reaction to that and Mm -hmm. the orgasm that he had. I was like, whoa. I mean, so strong. 
And, and wow. Wasn't even no contact with his penis. That's incredible. Yeah. Just my fist. <laughs> and hey, I'm glad people like know what they want and can ask for it. That's what I like I know, to see. <laughs> I know. And you know what? And I was like, well, never thought about doing that. But you know what? I like, you know, we were together. I liked this guy. We had a great relationship and, and we were into exploring things. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And so I just, again, it's just about the openness and what, what people agree on and what they want to try. And Totally. It, yeah. It definitely always moves you, continues to move you in a, in a fun direction. Yeah. No, that's, that's really cool. I don't know that I would be open to that, but you never know though. That's the thing is you never know. Let me if just present it with it. I'll you know? leave you before I, before I ask you, before we wrap this up and I, I ask you where everybody can find you. I want to <laughs> say one thing. Everybody that's listened to the show over the years, you can go back and listen to me in the very beginning and over the years going, I will never do that. Like, <laughs> And then sure enough, boom. I'm like, oh my God, that's my favorite thing. Yep. I think the one thing that I would impart on anybody who's exploring sexually is just never say never. It's okay to say yeah. what I will say now. I've, I've just, I've taken that out of my vocabulary. I've said, right now, I don't think that's for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, there's other things I'd rather focus on. And I'll like leave it at that. Because do I think the scat play or piss play or any of that kind of thing, is, is that ever going to be for me? I could probably fairly say, I could use the N word and say, never, never, never. And I feel confident in that. But I've had people ask me that and I'm like, Right now, it's just not my thing. So right now, yeah, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean I just never. Don't, you know, right now, I don't, I don't really. That's not on my radar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because every time, Rachel, no joke. Every time I said never, I've had to eat my words, and I could probably go back and pull up all the transcripts from all my shows. Really <laughs> dedicated. If I was dedicated, I'd go back and just be like, said it here. Boom, boom, boom. Like, I'd never do that. And then, yes, I did. Yeah, I mean, I said it a lot. <laughs> you should so. put like a list up of all the various times. All the never, ever, would I ever's. Yeah. <laughs> and the time that, that you did. Oh, it's embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, I actually, it's not embarrassing. I, I don't mind. Like, I love to see my own, like, personal growth. Like, I find that fascinating. And that's what I love oh, about yeah. doing this podcast. And I hope that you're getting the same out of yours, you know, just like, that's what I love yeah. so much about it. It's like, you're documenting your personal growth and it's really fun. And I just go, well, there we go. I did it again. You know, like I said, I wouldn't. And then I had to, <laughs> you know, so there you go. So tell everybody where they can find you. Yes. So on Spotify, you can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever podcatcher you use on Instagram, very weird, like wine, dine, six, nine pod, pod, TikTok. You can see me tell the story about the the blowjob with all of my facial expressions. Facebook, YouTube. If you have a question that you want answered or, you know, my take on something, you can email at wine, dine at allportsopen.com. And then the best way to find me really is Linktree and it's uh, Linktree slash wine, dine, pod. And on there, there's also my please me referral link so that you can take the please me quiz. And from there, you can figure out which sexual world you belong to. And I think you get VIP access for three months. So. Oh, cool. Well, I will definitely put all your links in the show notes in case anybody didn't get that. So they don't have to worry. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. You guys know how much I love you. I hope everybody, we're getting close to Christmas. I hope everybody's getting ready, getting all their 
our shopping done. I know like when I came home today, there was a bazillion boxes piled up in front of my, <laughs> my front door from Amazon. I'm like, ooh, thank you. <laughs> but things are, things are arriving. And I just hope everybody's staying happy, healthy, and safe. And you guys know how much I love your feedback. And if you want to give me some, or if you want to leave some for Rachel, you can always go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com. Click on the pink tab on the right-hand side. Leave me a voicemail. You can go for up to five minutes. Just let it rip and I will get back to you personally. And if it's for Rachel, I will forward it to her and she can get back to you. All right. Thanks, guys. Love you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com and join my subscribers-only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.